Hello! It's us! It's you! We're here! Together! Why are we here? For another exciting week on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Argentina's number five television <laughs> show podcast. And I don't think we, we've kept that. I think we've been drastically falling since, but we're going <laughs> to wear that badge proudly for the rest of our lives. Welcome to the show. You can officially support You Can't Disappoint a Podcast now on Patreon at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the place to go to help us move this show forward, and there's all kinds of exclusive content, fun interaction, events with Steven and myself, and all types of ways to influence our show on a weekly basis. So please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you want to get in on the action, make sure you email us your trivia, your MVP, and your funniest moments from that week's episode over to our email at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it right here on the show. We sure will, even if you beg us not to. Also, <laughs> hang out with us on the socials every week off the podcast. You know, we're on Facebook and YouTube under our podcast title. You can also find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter, where we probably do the most of our uh, uh, jovial lollygaggery at You Can't Disappoint. So come hang out with us over there. Yeah, make sure you uh, give us, you smash that like and subscribe button. Give us that more... attention that we so desperately crave. Yeah, throw throw us your hearts, your wallets, and a couple kisses here and there, and we'll keep on pushing out this baby of ours that we call You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We are both interested in taking you to the Valentine's dance, but we are also best friends with each other. It is of utmost importance we protect that friendship from the stresses of courting you, so we're trying to be as direct and above board about this as possible. Will you go to the dance with one of us? And if so, which one? We need to get something straight first. This is the cutest thing that's ever happened to me. But I don't know either one of you. Give us a moment. New proposal. Get to know us at the dance and decide there which of us you'd like to see again. Okay. Deal. Nice. What's in the briefcase? Oh, tacos. You want one? No. Great. We really wanted them. Yeah, we're gonna eat them. Zip Zop Zooey! Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm one half of your hosts, I'm a friend of Ellen's. And I'm the tiny man you see when you take enough pills. Books! <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Palentine's Day, my friend. I, I, I really, really hate it, but I feel like other than the relationships that I am in and, and the, the time with significant others spent at Valentine's Day... I'm going to think of you, unfortunately. I do every time. You are my most significant Valentine's Day memories. That's so sad, and I really hope for you that that changes <laughs> at some point. I'm we'll make better luck like next year. <laughs> we, yeah, we spent a lot of time together uh, for two or three years, including Valentine's Day, because we were sad, yeah. single men. And we had a lot of fun, though, and it always comes back around on Valentine's Day. So doing a Valentine's Day episode of Community makes me think about the love we share for each other just a little bit. 120%. <laughs> Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. This is our 40th community episode podcast. We're over Number the hill. 40. Not quite. 
the halfway point of the series is I think around fifty five. But when I was getting, a kid, isn't that close. weird that like they call your fortieth birthday over the hill? Like are they just planning everyone to die is at eighty? I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was more fifty. In the hood, it's your 13th birthday, so. <laughs> That's very, very sad. I hope we're <laughs> finding everyone well today. I'm glad to be doing this show, and every week I've been putting the feelers out, trying to get a new co-host. Steven, has really, I think we talked about it in our very first couple of podcasts that you, you were like on a tryout basis, and I've been and trying to here. shed the weight since... <laughs> I don't know, around debate 109. <laughs> I, I, I have been the interim host of this show for far too long. Yeah. Ken Jennings will be stepping in at any time to, <laughs> to try out his – that's what he's doing. Now, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I am excited to be here. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, your, in your room? That's – Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cool. here as much as I'd like to be now because I'm always always working nowadays. But hopefully I'll stop working six to seven days a week. And I'll and I'll go back to a normal legal schedule. And we can't neglect to mention all of the people that helped bring this lovely show that we've built here to all you listeners, all of your little baby boy ear holes on a weekly basis. We've all got our ten dollar and up patrons: Justin Brummett, Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M Lugo, and new to the crew Brian Thurman, a longtime friend of the show, and new we're to glad the crew. to have you on that list. And if you would like to have your name mentioned every week on the show, you've just got to become a $10 and up patron at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. The tiers start off at $5 and for $5 and up, you can get our weekly live pre-show podcast. You can't disappoint pre-show, which we just did. Super fun. Always really mm-hmm. fun. And you get all kinds of exclusive podcasts like Nerdstalgia, the Scrubs podcast Steven and I did, and tons of stuff coming out all the time. Go check that out. Yeah, um, Brian knows just how good our goodies can be. Uh, they were the winner of our very first giveaway on the show, mm-hmm. won the complete series of Community on Laserdisc. <laughs> and <laughs> they're getting a lot of use out of that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome yeah, to the It's about time she crew. starts chipping something back towards us a little bit, right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're not a charity, right? No. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being patrons, and always a big shout-out to our blood-proven scientifically father, Matt, and all of the great people over at Communities on Twitter. They're the best gathering of community fans and fan content that you'll ever find, and they really helped Steven and I get through our awkward adolescent Yeah, taught uh, me how to ride a bike. We had a catch, threw me in the pool a little too young. But you know what? I trusted you, Dad. (laughs) There was definitely a year for each of us where we didn't have a date to the prom. Papa didn't want to let us get made fun of for going alone. So he put on a, a, a beautiful, slightly revealing prom dress and, <laughs> and stowed away with us as our prom dates. The and, leg slip might have been a little much, but you know what? He pulled it off. He really was the life of the party, and he, he kept it classy. There was no, there was no pressure on the evening, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> Thanks, Dad, and go follow at Communities on Twitter if you haven't already. I know I'm going to be getting a DM on Twitter 
about this one. <laughs> my favorite thing. Now, you know, I don't interact with the social media like hands-on a whole lot very often. Every now and then I'll start getting reactions to a tweet. And I'll be like, I didn't tweet that. It's like, oh, Steven came out of his slumber to tweet two words. <laughs> Quite literally, I tweeted fake news because he tried to yeah. say he wasn't our dad last yeah. time. And I was like, uh, you are. I like that he feels the need to clarify to every like new listener. Listen, yeah, I'm not we got, really. <laughs> we got the absolute nicest messages from someone who found us from our episode of Six Seasons in a Podcast with Alex, which is out, and you should definitely listen to that if you didn't already. It's a great interview, and it's bringing a lot of new ears to the podcast. So hello, if you're here Hi. because of it, thanks for hanging out. And one person who did find us because of it was was saying the nicest things, stroking my <laughs> ego, very, very happy. And then communities, like, unprompted <laughs> responded with, in case it comes up, I'm not their dad. <laughs> we love you, Pops. <laughs> Thanks, Mwah. Dad. I love feeling your little stubble when I give you a hug. You know, I'm sure we could find an adult prom. To relive those those favorite. I think this is just called like a a club, Zach. I think that's just going out dancing. <laughs> Can I still wear a corsage? Please do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Of corsage, you can. This is silly. This is fun. Have you had a good week? The, the spirits seem decent today. Yeah, I have had a good week. I uh. Went out of town. We talked about this in the pre-show a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I'll say it on the actual show for those of you who aren't in the uh, in the in the the exclusive club in the Hollywood is, elite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> who are not you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's classic Stephen reaching for something to say, <laughs> but it's not coming, so it just no. keeps happening. <laughs> Um, yeah, but oh. I, uh, I've started dancing professionally with one of our patrons, Danny, who some of you who are in the Cool Kids Club have seen on the pre-show, um, or have heard her emails that she writes in. Cool Kids Club spelled all with K's. <laughs> yup. Uh, we were gonna abbreviate it and put it on shirts, but they said that the domain name was already taken, so <laughs> someone must have beaten us to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't know who. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we got some choreography in Michigan from a couple of really great uh, coaches, and uh, so I got to go on a little trip this this weekend, which was nice because I haven't really left Chicago other than uh, Christmas, going to see my family in months. So that was yeah. Nice. We haven't talked about this yet on here. When this episode comes out, we will actually be in the same room as each other for the first time since beginning this podcast. Yeah, it'll be the first time me getting to touch Zach's luscious, luscious, luscious Ass. body. Yeah, <laughs> uh, since like July 2019. Yeah, it's been too long. I've missed your touch. I've missed your smell. I can't yeah. wait to to you know just have a have a fun afternoon with a pal, mm-hmm. Lil locked up in a cage in the bedroom. Yeah, so we can just really I'll, I'll come by and, we and to- toss them a treat. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll say hi. Tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you keeping them locked away or hidden from me? What's the main goal there? What's the treat? What treat are you gonna give them? None, none of your business. Oh, 
I feel like it probably is kind of my business. No. <laughs> Let's talk about the television program community. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm looking forward to hanging out. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's been too so long. So if you're listening to this on Monday, I'm currently in Zach's arms, and he is in mine. What are we going to – we talked about this a little bit. What are we going to talk about? I really don't know. I'm hoping that it's really more of just like a – annoying as hell and talk to each other like this when we're in the same room? I hope so. Are we going to make everyone get quiet so we can talk <laughs> like, performatively? Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Zach and Steven hanging out on a Monday. I'm one I half hope that of the we team. go like somewhere to eat, and then we just do a live performance of our podcast for all the, <laughs> the Walk staff. Into, like, all right, guys, we know, we know. Get your gasps out Calm of the way. Calm down. We've spoken we'll take to pictures Joel when McHale. we're done eating. Please don't bother us while we have our food. Wait till we're on dessert. Speaking of Joel McHale, he was a guest on two. I watch a lot of the late night comedy talk shows, and he was a guest on two of them this week, and he's so funny. Ah, what's he promoting? Uh, There's a new movie coming out called Happily that they keep showing clips from that are really vague, Mm -hmm. and it looks really cool. The only premise that they give is that Joel McHale and this woman play a couple that has sex three times a day. And they've been together wow. for 14 years, and their neighbor and friends, like, hate them for it. And then it, like, takes a turn, and it becomes a completely different, hyper-violent kind of thing. Three times? That's a lot to maintain. I think that's the thing. I, I don't know exactly. It's It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, but he was on Conan, and he was on Seth Meyers, and both of his appearances were so so funny that they made me laugh out loud. He I imagine he on Conan man. was probably really funny. And it's it just made me have another moment once again, and sorry to a humble brag or whatever, but it's so mind-blowingly cool that we have some moments like that with him. That's where crazy, he was genuinely it? so funny and, and made me laugh really hard. So cool. Yeah, we're, you know, no big deal. Also, you know what else is kind of cool? Charlie what? Coons has been interacting on Twitter with yes, our Yes, and another cast really cool. member... Is his first name Darsan? Darsan Solomon? Yeah, if you uh, have also watched... also been on Victorious. And uh, he's Victorious, in the f- yeah. yeah he's, he's really funny on there, too. He has short moments, but funny moments. And he's on the final season of Community quite a bit as a background regular, and he has mm-hmm. one of the funniest bits where it's him and Vicky, like, walking across the study room, and they're walking together, and one of them says, they've been giving us a lot more to say recently. That's really cool. And the other <laughs> says, yeah, but it's only a matter of time until they, and then it cuts to the study room. They're like, all right, guys. <laughs> That's funny. Super funny. So it was cool to interact with him. I think, I, I've said it for a while, but I think in a week, a month or so, we're starting to be back on the train chugging, getting things uh, made regularly and easily. I think it might be time to throw some feelers out to talk to somebody if we can. I think so. I think that'd be a good idea. Let's move on to this episode of Community that we're here to talk about today. Season 2, episode 15. Crazy. We're already in the last 10 episodes of the season, and it feels like we just started it. Yeah, I literally feel like we just started it, but that was so long ago. And that we've almost done, not almost, but... Getting closer to have done two full long seasons of the show, talking about it every week. Wow. It's nuts. It's very nuts. We're talking about early 21st century romanticism. It was directed by Steven Sprung. He's an editor on Community. This is his only episode directing credit. And it was written by Carrie Dornetto, who previously wrote Basic Genealogy, Epidemiology, and in the future has one more writing credit. It's Applied Anthropology and Culinary Arts. And it originally aired on February 10th, 2011. 
Nice. Yeah. I Let's do trivia. We'll talk in a little bit what we thought of the episode. I've got four questions for Act you. Act trivia. My What's our flavor of the week? Let me uh, take trivia. a little sip of it. Real liquidy this time. Yeah, it's not Greek yogurt. It's just how it is. <laughs> hmm. Don't stir it. It ruins it. I'm, I'm trying to place this one. I'm almost getting strawberry, but like not quite. Let me actually read the package here. This week, our Act Trivia Yogurt Flavor of the Week is... Huh. No, that's what it's called. It's, huh, a flavor you can't <laughs> quite place, but you sure want to, don't you? Yes, you can find it next to the Kiss by an Old Man. Yeah, I uh, of, of I actually ordered store. a big old box of that wasabi Kissed by an Old Man flavored yogurt. It was so good. And this I is really big whiskers. news for the brand. Actrivia, I think we've mentioned before that you can find them in three of your local U.S. grocery stores. Yeah. Big news for the company is they've finally done some hush-hush under the table uh, goings-on type stuff, and they're finally able to take the Surgeon General warning off of their yogurt labels. Wow, that's big Yeah, news. it's going to really open up the possibilities for, for children to, uh, you know, get it past their parents. Yeah, if you're a parent, don't give this to your kids, but if you're a kid, Eat the hell out of this, man! I don't know how they were able to do it. How they were able to get the uh, to get the warning taken off without having to remove any of the lead from their products. Well, I think which what really happens, gives it that Zach, taste. I've got that, an insider huh. at the factory, and he said they literally just ran out of ink. <laughs> they just stopped printing it. They, <laughs> yeah, there was, they just stopped, and they're gonna see if they get. Yeah, the, the guy that was supposed to run down to to Office Max and, and get some more cartridge ink for the printer, he didn't. So. Now they don't have it on there, so legally it's safe. Let's move into some trivia. I've got four questions for you this week. I have a whopping four for you as well. Okay, Zach. I'll go first. What's the name of the book Abed is holding in the cold open? I have no idea. It's physical anthropology. It's the very first shot. Nice. <laughs> um, what time do the English call Gravedigger's Biscuits? That's my second question. It's precisely 6.30. Precisely 6.30. Nice. Give me one more then since you took one of mine. Um, what does Leonard say when he walks into Jeff's house? <laughs> Where are the white women at? Yes, just like me in college. All and right. I oh, God. And I really love the – and still Steven whenever he goes to a college. It's true. I really love Jeff's reaction to that when he's like, Leonard, there are no white women here. <laughs> How did Chang know where Jeff lives? Ah, well, he had his driver's license. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, here's one. Which club was Duncan rooting for, Liverpool or Manchester United? I think Manchester United. You're wrong, you idiot. It was Liverpool. And even if you don't know the colors, he had a jacket that said Liverpool FC, which stands for football Sorry. club on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Somebody is not a polished American, clearly. Speaking of Liverpool, coming up this week on the Patreon, a new episode of Nerdstalgia, diving really deep, diving balls deep into the first album from the Beatles discography, Please Please Me, with our good friend and talented musician, Levi Hatton. So go check that out. The Beatles. Where are the Beatles? Where are the Beatles? Hello. Hello. I'm Hello. John Lennon. I'm Paul McCartney. That was awful. <laughs> we should stop Yo, that Yoko right Ono from the other room. <laughs> Is it my turn or your turn? Uh, it's your turn. 
My last question for you, how many of the N-tag heart candy messages can you recall? Um, Be mine. Yes. Kiss me. Yes. You're cute? No, that's the one that he says it and then says no, and then oh. he says kiss me. Ah, There's damn. still two. Um... I just remember when Ovid's like, I'm cheating. I've been or cheating. I've been cheating. And There's, like, you missed love you. Mm. And the one that Abed says, I, I've been cheating, yeah. Troy looks at and says, no, it says email me. Email me. Email me. Do you have one nice. more? I do. Um, it's a two-parter. Okay. Part one. How many movies are in the Saw franchise at the time Eight. of this episode? And how long did Abed spend talk about, two talking hours. about them? Two hours. Beautiful. You... Nailed it, sir. You did a solid three of four. And I think you got... I'll give you the one that we both had, even though I didn't mm-hmm. ask you for it. You got one, two... You got two, two and, and some like change. a half. Yeah, two and some yeah. change of four. Not too bad. Let's see if that carries over two and my some success change. rate. Or if yours improves and mine decreases so we get a little closer to each other. Let's see what our lovely listeners and patrons wrote into us this week. All right, first email. Click. It's from Danny. She says, hi, guys. Hope you're having a beautiful week so far. I have to say I absolutely love all the Patreon privileges I've been getting, especially the early release of the episode. Makes me feel super special, so thank you for that. My MVP what this great, week goes... What uh, yeah, right? word of mouth right there. Listen to that. You can get this show every week as of right now on the night that we record it, four days earlier than it comes out every week. And the live pre-show, all kinds of weekly uh, exclusive podcasts. It's really fun. Come yeah, check I've it got out. Zach leather straps to his computer chair, and he's not allowed to leave until he's done editing the episode the day we record. Yeah, and the, the constant flogging really helps the pressure to continue. <laughs> That's what I use my stimulus check on to buy a flogger to keep smacking Zach while he, until yeah. he edits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you hear that in the background of the episode... You're welcome. I'm not um, allowed to take off my chastity belt until it's posted <laughs> to Patreon. Um, her MVP this week goes to Troy because what a kind soul he is for walking yeah. out of his date because she said something rude about his friend. Major best friend goals. I had trouble finding this trivia this episode, so I'm sure there will be some repeats. Sorry. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, um, really. Apology not accepted. Try yeah. harder. Apply yourself. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. Um, what book is Abed holding in the opening scene? F- physical anthropology? Is that what it's physical called? Physical anthropology. Okay. Glad, good I remembered yours. Uh, name three objects. Uh, uh, name three objects <laughs> Chang showed up with to Jeff's place. So he had nunchucks. He had uh, the uh, soccer ball. Hermit crabs. And hermit crabs and beer. And all his clothes. Mm-hmm. All Pretty much them. everything that he had. Yeah. Uh, what brand of underwear did Chang steal from Jeff? I don't know that one. I, no clue, actually. I didn't... Did it have a brand? Hanes! I don't know. Uh, how many messages did Jeff think he'd have on his phone? Was it 39? 30-something. 30 34, 36-something. Mm-hmm. He might have been 30 to 39. Um, I'm beyond... P.S. I'm beyond excited to hang out in person soon. So, Danny, my dance partner, is coming with me on the trip to see you zach she'll she'll be with me so she can that's the only reason you'll be allowed inside my apartment is because i've been yeah. looking forward to meet danny yeah you know figured i'd i'd she could tag along 
Yeah. And uh, she and Lil can entertain each other while we fornicate. So is this going to be an issue with the house arrest you've been on ever since the Waffle House bathroom fiasco? Um, I found a way to kind of jimmy off my bracelet and put it around my... Well, because, you know, the lady who took place in the Capitol riots and was arrested was still allowed to go on her Florida vacation before she went to jail. But I figured with you being African-American and all, that there's no way they'd let you leave your house. So here's what I did is I, like, called the local authorities okay and i used my voice like from when i was back home and i talked real fast like this was a little wow bit of twang. Oh, okay and yeah uh, i feel th- so much more comfortable they- <laughs> when you talk to me like that could we implement and that a little said, bit more yeah, further sure, into sure, the series sure, wow sure thing they just said y- you know what you go right on down home visit, wow. visit, your, visit your mama boy and i said wow. sure thing boss and now and now i get to go I home have, all of a sudden i have a lot less urge to <laughs> report you to the authorities for uh loud behavior yeah, it's crazy, right? Did did we get all the questions right? <laughs> um, I read all the questions. Uh, big hugs, Danny. So thanks, Looking Danny, for writing Looking forward to hanging out with you when this episode airs. Yeah, it should be cool. Next email is from Brian. What's up? Our new $10 patron. Mad props. Welcome to the gang. Mad as in a hatter, not as in how I get when Zach doesn't do his goddamn dishes. Okay, hey, I figured out how to email and not DM. That's great. I I always would DM since, like Steven, I can't remember the different handles and Twitter won't let me save the email link from the tweet. It's tricky. There's so many and they're so similar. Um, In rewatching, I realized I quote this episode a lot. Like, this is a fight. We are fighting. And books. we are fighting. <laughs> and zip zop zooey. Bare naked ladies is triple platinum. Are you? <laughs> are you? BNL. Uh, trivia. How does Pierce end his letter to Britta? I think it was like best bon of luck and bon appetit. <laughs> so f-ing funny. Um, how does Duncan say pizzas are called where he is from? Oh. Italian fannies. Italian fannies, and then mm. it's, does, does that mean vagina? Everything, <laughs> Everything. in England means vagina. Uh, what is different about Starburns in this episode? I don't know this one. I don't either. Is it this is the first time he wears the top hat? Ooh, maybe. Um, what are the words on the hearts Abed reads in the end tag? Sorry, Brian, we beat you to that one. Be mine. Love you. You're cute. No way. Kiss me. I've been cheating. Email, Email me, me is what it actually is. Um, and then her favorite part is Abed yelling books as a pickup line. Books. MVP is Troy for ditching the librarian for not picking Abed, which makes Two no Troys. sense and perfect sense at the same time. Yeah. I guess the real MVP is their relationship. Aww. Aww. I'm so excited to hear your review next week. One of my all-time favorites. I am hoping to be able to watch the pregame tomorrow. If my students don't have too many questions after orientation, I should be just in time. And I think she did. I think she was there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, also, I'd love to hear an episode with your mom and Matt from Communities talking about a parenting plan. Brian, let's make it happen. Yeah, I think that's got to be a pre-show. I think yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even a exclusive free live stream, like hour-long pre-show. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd like that. All right. Thanks for writing in. And our next email speak of the devil our proud 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 papa you know i it's in it's inarguable that he's our papa but i think proud <laughs> might be up to debate i think maybe proud of us but not proud to be our papa because i do feel like everything cool we do he's like 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, I heard you the first three times you told me about it. Just son. like how your real parent will be like, okay, that's cool. Don't don't get too close to the sun. <laughs> Stay, mm, ah, Come on. Distance. You I'm do, in my chair. Do more. Uh, <laughs> hi, guys. Just trivia and no trivia questions. Okay. Just some fun facts. I'm down. Just some fun facts from Let's the resident community historian. Um, the brunette friend of Paige, Brit is not exactly lesbian friend, was played by Serena Fialo, who with Alison Brie and Juliana Gwill is part of the girls' singing group. Gwill shows up in the two-part finale as the head cheerleader. A few years later, Jillian and Britt Marling were interviewed together about their Netflix shows, Love and The OA. Love is great. I've um, heard The OA is great, too. It's one of those shows that everybody got real mad when they canceled it. Mm, maybe I'll check it out. Um, and they mentioned that their kiss was the first time either of them had kissed a woman. I think it was also Brit's first TV job. A small bit of in-the-show trivia, some of the names Jeff mentions as everyone is leaving were the mm-hmm. alternatives to magnitude. Glisten, like Glisten. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also, the list that Pierce reads is an actual list, not by one of the writers. I think it was the prop master, Rhonda Robinson. And everyone they in the cast talks about that one of the hilarious. people wrote an entire several-page Pierce's speech about Britta being a lesbian, and that it's a whole thing, and that it was really funny, and a lot of it was, like, super supportive. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, but it appears lost. My MVP is Duncan. His what a relief mm. that would be was absolutely <laughs> br- brutal. No trivia questions today, guys. Communities, Matt. Thanks, Dad. What a, thank you for teaching us. You know, I think it would have been very communities for him to be like, "All right, here's some trivia questions. Here's some and trivia questions in the answers." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not, sorry, no more this time. Yeah, thank you so much for writing in, everybody. It it really does make my heart a happy happy um let's move on to our next segment we're gonna go (laughs) right into uh something that i've come to look really forward to every week even though i'm almost always let down by how it goes we're gonna find out once and for all everyone you know it you love it did steven watch the episode this week how you feeling about it Mm, i don't know Okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to count you down, and on go, you will have the typical 20 seconds. Are you okay. ready? I, as I'm going to be today. Three, two, one, go. Books? Troy and Abed like the same girl, and she's a librarian. Pierce is popping pills. British friends with a lesbian, maybe. And there's Valentine's Day dance, but Jeff doesn't want to go because he doesn't like bare naked ladies. And then they take the same date to the dance as a librarian. She goes with Troy and Abed to see if she likes them. And then Pierce is like, I'm not going to be your friend. And the lesbian's not really a lesbian, but neither is Britta, but they both kind of are. Then they kiss, and then the, the lady doesn't like Abed, so Troy dumps her. And then Pierce Stop. is on a bench. You didn't give me enough of Jeff's story with Chang and Duncan and Magnitude and the party that went on. Pop, but pop. you did a pretty good job with the rest of it, even though you did leave out a good chunk of the episode. So I'm going to say that was a C plus. Thank you. I, I think that was deserving of a C plus. You did good with what you did, but you missed some chunks. Mm-hmm. But it's tough. These episodes, even this episode, which is a little bit, and this isn't to say that I didn't like it. We'll get into that a little bit later. It's a little bit less stuffed of an episode. Yeah, there's still uh, four e- storylines. Yeah, there's still everyone's doing something just about. And yes, let's move on to the next thing and talk about our favorite funny moment from the episode. I thought this was a pretty funny funny throughout episode what Mm -hmm. stood out most to you 
Um, either Britta's lesbian dancing, because that was pretty funny. The like awkward like, I'm dancing with a lesbian. Don't really but... know how to bump and grind against yeah. another woman. Yeah. Um, that was really funny. I also think that um, Pierce's like pre-written letter to Britta was great, so I wanted to at least mm-hmm. mention that. But the bare naked ladies section was so freaking funny. I was yeah, I that cracked was up really every funny, time. Really at that. specific. It's it, it's got Dan Harmon written all over it. Yeah. You know he probably wrote that exchange. My favorite funny moment was the moment when okay, so after the peephole, Chang walks in the door, and the very first thing he does is check this out and nunchucks and breaks one of Jeff's. And it happens so fast. There's it's just out of nowhere, and there's no reaction to it. And then there's a, a commercial break, and after the commercial break, it's Chang like, yeah, that would have been really cool if I could have showed it to you. I, I thought that was really <laughs> it's funny like weird moment. place That's for a lamp. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> What did you think of this week's episode? I thought it was really funny. Yeah. We're coming off of the heels of Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons. And thinking about this episode last week, I mean, anything is going to be a step down thematically from Dungeons & Dragons. But I remember this one kind of being a in one ear, out the other kind of episode. Mm-hmm. But it was really funny. And it really surprised me. Yeah, it's not one that I'm going to put at the top of any list. But it's definitely one that every time I, I watch it in the future, I'm going to really enjoy because I think it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed each watch through the episode. I thought it was funny. I thought they did a good job for the most part of involving most of the characters. So, you know. It was really funny, and it really doesn't lose a lot of the steam from last week's. It's not like it's a really blah episode after such a standout. This one's yeah. funny consistently, and it has a couple of things that have been going on throughout the season that we still get touches on here. I think it was a really solid, successful episode, and I'm surprised to see that it was directed by someone who only ever directed this episode of the show, because yeah. it was a really well-directed episode. It looked like an episode of Community, and that probably is because he was the editor of Community, so he knows really well, maybe better than a lot of people, what the show's supposed to look like when you're shooting it. Well, and you know, if nothing else, it was a, such a nice surprise, because I thought that we wouldn't get my boy, Magnitude, pop, pop until the election episode but here he was today and it made me so happy because i love yeah. magnitude i kind of knew this was the one but i also kind of forgot that this was the one as well so it was a very pleasant surprise when he barreled into the room the one-man party that he is let's dive into it blue skadoo we can too the opening scene is really funny and it really sets up that this is going to be perhaps the most wholesome troy and abed story we've ever gotten it's pretty damn sweet it's so sweet and cute from the beginning to the end especially and it's never really hammy it feels pretty believable from how close we've seen these two grow together yeah and in this beginning scene they're both eyeballing the librarian character and they did a good job with the librarian character she doesn't exactly just look stereotypical sexy librarian but she totally is a kind of sexy librarian. oh she's super cute yeah why does being a librarian make her hotter? And it's funny when they say they she has the answers to all the <laughs> questions they have, and their questions are really silly. Why are there still libraries? Will you marry me? <laughs> it's also cute uh, to see. And this is a, an argument to have because I like to say that I think Abed could be asexual from the way that he acts on the show. Mm-hmm. And this is one where they both seem interested in courting a girl. Yeah. But it could still be sort of debatable because Abed doesn't really care that much which way it goes. And it, it could still be debatable that he's just doing this so they can do a thing together. I don't know. I, I think Abed is, is at least interested in, in her in some way. I think you're right. I think he probably is. 
But I think more than anything, he likes having this kind of dynamic with Troy. Yeah, there are a lot of funny lines between them uh, (laughs) talking about how she can treat me like a book and make sure there aren't any wieners drawn anywhere in me. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really solid Troy and Abed episode, and it's been a little while since since we've had one. The books going into an act like you sleep. Amazing. Super classic moment. I don't know how many more times we get that joke. I thought that was kind of just a season one thing. To act like you're asleep. This is the first yeah. time they've done it in a little while, and it always makes me smile. <laughs> that it's Troy's go-to, and that he <laughs> thinks it'll get him out of any situation, and <laughs> that he thinks it's believable when you're watching someone stare at you that they instantly fall asleep. <laughs> and Abed just goes with it. Really, really funny. It's great. I love times where we get to see them just being best friends. Because like you said, it's been a while since we got that. Whole, I, when, when Troy just raises his head up like that, hilarious. After two seconds of pretend yeah. sleeping. And that's when Jeff walks in the room. And I really like this exchange between all of them when they ask Jeff for advice that they're both interested in this librarian. They want to ask her out, but there aren't dibs and they respect each other. So they don't know what to do. Jeff's response here is really, really funny. Well, I don't believe in dibs or love at first sight or love or best friends or doing things. But it's good you brought this to me. I think Jeff is kind of on fire this episode. It's a really I big think Jeff so too. week. It's a really solid Jeff week. And then another funny joke is followed up right with it when they say something that Jeff needs to open his heart. And he makes a sarcastic comment of like, well, what if I don't? I missed the heart opening deadline. And then Pierce walks in being really shitty and Valentine's crap and times. Jeff sees himself in that and is like, okay, I'll open my heart. It's on my list. <laughs> Pierce was pretty on fire this episode too. Yeah, Pierce walks in. It was a really good Pierce episode. And I have, a, I don't know if I take issue with this or not because Pierce in the pills was a thing when he was out of the wheel, when he was in the wheelchair. And he's been out of the wheelchair for a while, and they didn't really show anything of him with pills, except mm-hmm. maybe once just after it. Yeah. And now it, we're to the point where it's a big deal. It's a big issue for him. And mm-hmm. it kind of explains some of his erratic behavior in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons if he's going through issues with totally. this pill addiction. But I wish we would have gotten maybe a glimpse or two of it before this episode. I agree. I think it's definitely seems like Dungeons and Dragons, even though thematically it does fit with the story where it is. It seems like they, they just sure decided exactly they needed to do this for this story, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh yeah, that'd be, I don't know. But Pierce does have a pretty on-fire episode. It doesn't affect anything about how his character works within this episode. Yeah. It just would have been nice to get a couple little glimpses of it in the last handful Definitely. of episodes, I guess. He's down in pills. He's not even making it a secret. And <laughs> and he's it's out of a pill bottle and he tries to exclaim that it's gum and it's not. And I do really like the way that the study group doesn't get involved maybe as much as they should with this obvious problem. Yeah. But they do have instant concern for Pierce, at least Shirley and Annie do. When I like that they're like, gum, why aren't you chewing? And he's like, I'm using my mouth for this dumb conversation. Funny yes. line. Crabby, pill-addicted Pierce is really funny. There's a yeah. lot of moments here that are – it allows Pierce to be extra – out of nowhere with what he's saying, almost making him more of a Chang character when he's yeah. able to... What does he say to Annie later when he yells at her? It's like, you so, go straight to hell! Yeah, I think that's says. what it is. And it's really so funny. Because I'm using my mouth for this dumb conversation. And then we get the introduction of the Brita storyline, which before watching the episode this week, I kind of remembered this storyline being the anchor that pulls the episode down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But this time, there wasn't much of it that didn't work for me. No, I thought it was pretty funny because it's 
it's Britta in at her most Britta, where she is, is like trying to be woke, and she's like, oh, "I have this friend. It's so cool." Yeah, I think I picked up on a lot more of the subtext this time than I would have mm-hmm. ten years ago, and also something that like what fourteen year old the meme where people are handshaking over something in the middle. Yeah. It's like. 14-year-old Zach, 24-year-old Zach, Britta from Community kissing a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a gross man. It, it, it has its charms, right? Yeah. I The actress who, I, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but the actress who plays Britta's lesbian in air quotes friend in this episode is a filmmaker. She had some films that were sent into Sundance and screened at Sundance and like mm. won awards at Sundance. I don't, I don't know her films, but uh, that's really cool. Nice. They were Good talking about on the commentary, like, she's way too classy to have been on Community. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot that doesn't work about this storyline, and we'll dig into it as we go through it. We just see Britta say goodbye to Paige, and Britta comes in, and she really does have this, like, schoolgirl crush, blushy kind mm-hmm. of attitude. But I don't think we're supposed to take it all from anything that goes on this episode that Britta isn't straight. No, Britta's definitely, I think straight as of (laughs) what's happening here i think she just is like i have a cool friend and like maybe that cool friend might have a crush on me but like i like hanging out with her because i feel cool do you think there's subtext at all in this that some people who are strong allies to the lgbtq plus community uh that they're they're allies to the point of of romanticizing it and of kind of romanticizing the idea of being gay even if they're not or of being some type of queer even if they're not i think i've definitely or is it just that britta is so backwards herself in her in her social justice-ness what do you think I don't know if they're intentionally trying to. I, here's why Paint I say a I don't know. Picture, yeah, yeah, because it, it's Dan Harmon. I don't know that Dan Harmon would would be trying to paint that moral picture. Now the writer of the episode, the maybe, writer's female, because and yeah, maybe yeah. But I'll say that is definitely a thing in the real world where people like have like a like a gay best friend as they call it or something like that, and so they're like, oh, I'm I'm into all the the culture yeah. about it. I'm all about it. I'm supportive. I'm I'm at more rallies than you are yeah you know and that goes with any social justice Mm -hmm. thing to the point where i worry that by uh saying the things that i say about like black lives matter makes me look like i've got like a like that it's painting a white savior type Mm. picture you know that it that it's you're almost worried to out be outspoken because you don't want to come off as one of those people. Well, I mean, who it'd be one thing to if all you the didn't rallies, make so people call you white savior in the bedroom. Them. I think that that's where it became a problem. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> are you gonna kink shame me live on the internet? <laughs> I mean, come on. Now you don't have me call you that, but just oh. just just Lil. Which is yes, but <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go any farther. You wear a cape and everything. I was going to try to make some type of joke surrounding the, the Bachelor controversy and the girl wearing plantation dresses. Oh Have you heard any much about that? Yeah. <laughs> Only because the uh, I'm going to be in real trouble when with. they find my sorority <laughs> plantation dress photos. Yeah, the people I work with, like, really into The Bachelor, they were talking about, like, you haven't heard? And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> I said, I don't know who any of the names you're talking about are. I watched The Bachelor for, like, two seasons. was like, oh, this is fake. And then stopped. And they're like, no, they're finding love. And I'm like, are they still together? And like, well, no, but that's because she wasn't being herself. And I was like, huh. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't come really on, come on the show, Bachelor and Bachelorette. I'm sure watching it is a fun train wreck at times. Yeah, right? but I would what rather were, watch what Flavor did that of have Love to, every were, time. How did we get to this? Plantations, White Savior, Cape. How did we get to that, though? You know, uh, Britta. Britta, her intentions here, or what they're trying to do in the episode with it. Okay, let's keep going through the episode. <laughs> that was a, That was our first tangent. We'll have another in a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, and Britta, it's very... It, akin with this, the woke people that when Troy says, "Oh, your friend's cute," that Britta puts on this. Oh, Troy, come on, come Pink on! Triangle on her sleeve, and we totally know the experience yep. of cute girl who's a lesbian. Everyone respects it. Everyone has a crush on her. Yep, right. Very well, and ever in like all of the uh, the lesbians' close friends are like guys. It's not going to happen. Come on, it's not going to happen. And, it, and it's not going to happen, but everyone's no. like, maybe it'll happen. Maybe for me, <laughs> I'll be the one. No, that's, that is it's such a bad way of thinking. most disgusting mentality. Yeah. But that is kind of what it's like when you're in high school. Yeah, you know, and now I that we're older and know I was better. one of the people who, who uh, involved myself directly in that, but I know a lot of people in our circle did. Mm-hmm. I did anyway. time. Uh, yeah. Also, it sucks it. because this would be a perfect episode to play Pink Triangle Girl at the end of, but we have to play a Bare Naked Ladies song. That's true. We did a Weezer song last week. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's too soon. I, I'll do some BNL. Hey, bitch, it's Weezer and it's Wheezy. Yes. <laughs> the moment when Britta says that her friend's a lesbian because she kind of hints at it and Annie kind of picks it up, you know, a friend mm-hmm. of Ellen like Steven's outed himself as during today's podcast uh britta eventually says you know what you can say it she's a lesbian and makes a big deal out of saying it and then the silence that follows where they showed the rest of the study group a mix of kind of shaking their head at britta a little bit for Mm -hmm. being how she's being but also anticipating what pierce is gonna have yeah It's a really good moment, and I love that we've gotten to the point in the show where all the characters can be completely silent, and we know exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Everyone looks over at Pierce, and Pierce is so <laughs> out of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just looking right back at everyone. <laughs> Britta, even, is the one to call it out. That's like, okay, come on, Pierce. You're the one who always calls me a lesbian. What do you have to say about this? And it's not, I think they could have maybe made a better joke out of this, but Mm -hmm. what they do here is pretty funny. Pierce has been waiting for this moment. He doesn't have anything off the cuff, but he does have a prepared statement (laughs) that he takes out of his little briefcase that he carries around. And he switches his glasses (laughs) to more reading glasses. Jeff kind of slunked back in his chair looking side eyes really funny. And he pulls out this several page handwritten manifesto. But but, and as he, I I do like when jokes are interrupted like this with the theme song. He takes a breath to read and we get the classic theme song sequence. Have we gotten the theme song every episode this season um there's been like one or two shortened version or uh like uh dungeons and dragonsified have there been ones where we didn't get it at all well there were some we got a shorter version i think i think there was some in season one where we barely got it at all yeah like long stretches of season one to where Mm -hmm. we would look for it every week and now it's there every week and it's so comforting it is and then after the theme song, it cuts right back into Pierce finishing his speech. And in summation, good luck and bon appetit. <laughs> and Troy's, Troy's look, face. everyone's look, everyone nodding like, okay, 
that's what you did. <laughs> Many paragraphs of that were oddly supportive. And Pierce has got one prepared for Jeff. Do you think that implies that it's just for the two of them, or he has something like that prepared for each member? I think of the it's just room? Jeff and Britta because he's constantly calling Britta lesbian and Jeff gay. Well, Pierce Hawthorne is the man that goes on to, before he dies, write out all of these instructions of what will happen after he dies for these six people. That's so fair. Maybe so maybe he, he might. would have something for all of them. Pierce takes another pill and then has one of the most epic exits of all time. <laughs> he's not even hiding that he's pill popping. Shirley says, I knew that was a pill. And he says, you're right. It was an awesome exit pill. And then does the worst moonwalk ever. Zip, zap, zooey. And he moonwalks out of the room. And the smile on his face is so disturbing. <laughs> Watching him do it all the way out of line of shot while everyone else walking through the hallway walks past him. Man, I bet Chevy hated doing that. But thank God that the writers over at Community made Chevy Chase do stuff like right? this. So good. The study group just sit and stare in silence and then all turn in towards each other. And this is when Shirley suggests that they should do something. Obviously, Pierce is going through a bad time. And Jeff isn't really great here. He doesn't want to do anything. He thinks that the pills aren't a problem because he's getting over his injury. And Troy comments that he dude can moonwalk. He sure is having trouble getting <laughs> over his leg injury. And, yeah, Jeff is totally pushing the problem away, it, it's pretty clear that Pierce isn't in any type of shape where he's still needing to take painkillers. No. <laughs> Jeff's not willing to touch it. He just doesn't want to get invested. He even says that since Pierce is a baby boomer, he invented drugs, so he's not going to be that big on it. And it's 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 nice how Britta likens it to how they also invented TV, and Pierce has no idea how to use a TV. <laughs> well, yeah, what were it's... we talking about earlier that one of us or someone didn't know how to use something? It reminded me of this line. Do you remember? No. Today? Okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. What were you about to say? Today? <laughs> now I'm trying to think of who couldn't use something today. Was, was it, it was I just thinking of Brian not being able to do the email or maybe. was I thinking of something Might else? Might have been internal. I don't know. Baby boomer, TV inventor. Pokémon. <laughs> Intervention. Annie's just intervention. ready to start an intervention. She And they've done stuff like this. Anthropology, anthropology, intervention, intervention. intervention. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of in but Jeff, but they need Jeff because Pierce will listen to Jeff. He doesn't care what the rest of them say about it. And then we get the really funny bare naked <laughs> ladies thing. He says he also listens to the bare naked ladies, so maybe get them to do something. And the entire table audibly gasps and takes umbrage at that. <laughs> And then it becomes this whole thing about Jeff is surprised that people uh, always jump to defend the bare naked ladies. Choi's line of Jeff, I know you, you you've got something going on today. <laughs> and the way he jumps to the defense of the bare naked ladies, it's really funny, really specific, out of nowhere. Because I don't think anyone really jumps to the defense of the bare naked ladies. That Have you ever much. talked shit about the bare naked ladies around people? I'll talk shit about the bare naked ladies right now. They're like oh, silly no. and they shouldn't really be taken that seriously. It's been one day since you looked at me. Something, something, well, it, something. It's something. been one, one week, week, you fool. Well, it hasn't been a week since you looked at me, Zach. You looked at me yesterday because I am on a poster above your bed. <laughs> Our like whole universe this... was in. <laughs> oh, God. I like how this episode sets up a pretty typical thing on community where 
Jeff and the study group get in a fight. There's a thing about him kind of leaving the study group, but they they do it all in a different, more low-key way in this episode yeah, than what silly. they usually do. The fight that they get into comes up so quick and escalates so quick, and Jeff walks away, and then they just kind of both have their own storylines, the study group and Jeff, and then it comes back up that they kind of had a weird moment earlier in the day towards the end of the episode, and I think that's a way better way to do it. Than I do too. I like it. it a, going thread throughout all of it because when you do like have like a mini like tiff if you will with like a group of friends it's not normally like a dramatic like i'm leaving it's not a michael bluth i'm leaving this family forever leaving this family come on george michael yeah things it's normally like you got into an awkward like stupid silly disagreement over something and then like you're fine by the end of the day right yeah zach and i get into it every wednesday night and yet we're still here showing up for each other yeah, but we get into it, not it being in a each fighting other. way. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of is a thing that they're fighting over the bare naked ladies, and Jeff puts the puts the words past it and says that maybe they just kind of need a little space from each other. Mm-hmm. Which is, I can see that. You spend so much time with this group, and you're fighting over Canadian bands from the 90s, and maybe <laughs> you, you should take a little break from each other. I think the bare naked ladies are fun. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars. Do you know that one? I've heard it. I don't. Does anyone know <laughs> anything about the Bare Naked Ladies or do we just recognize it? They're elusive. Like, I don't. Oh. It's hard for me to see actual people being the Bare Naked Ladies. I think it's just AI created. I would, I would believe it. I think my sister has seen Bare Naked Ladies live several times and has used BNL before. Like, Yikes. Like a fan. See, if I think B&L, I think BL, which is boy love, which is like yaoi, which is like a Japanese like form of manga that's like two dudes boning. This is Steven's long-winded way of saying Bare Naked Ladies, the band's name, makes Steven think about gay porn. It's not always porn. Sometimes it's tasteful. Romance. It's called boy, boys, boy love, not boy love making, Zach. That boy love sounds like one of those things of like the the communities of like guys in their forties that are like love has no age. It does, doesn't it? It's certain, yeah. And our sponsor Help. this week <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. That's okay. Whether you're a bare naked lady or a 40-year-old guy who likes yaoi, let's discuss the bare naked lady. This is a fight. We are (laughs) are fighting. fighting. Let's talk about the f***ing show community. We're we're walking, and we often will say whatever backward shit we want to say, but we are walking a, a, uh, we're walking very near the line, I think. Hello, new listeners that just found us because of our interview with Six Seasons in a Podcast. Yeah, the guy who was so nice to us that was like, wow, they're so socially forward and thoughtful. Uh, but 2020 really hardened us and selling out has really pushed us a different direction. It did. So the study group's in a fight. Jeff leaves and instantly it snaps into his storyline with the great John Oliver. He walks in and he was just waiting, I guess, for the moment that Jeff was walking out of the study group. Comes up to him and totally jumps right on since he's fighting with the group. It's his chance to hang out with Jeff. 
This is the first episode that we've ever seen Duncan, because in the beginning of the series, Duncan and Jeff had hung out before. They were yeah. kind of friendly with each other. This is the first time that we get to see him outside of the school and how he interacts with Jeff, and I really like that about I this love episode. It. That we spent time at Jeff's apartment. Uh, there's this whole bit about there's a football game, and Duncan's excited about it, and he wants to explain it in a way that would make Jeff excited to come watch football with him because usually Americans aren't. But Jeff is a hipster. What does he say? He's, He's a, a polished American or something like that. A classy American or something. He's a stylish, stylish American. American. So he's pretended to be in so- into soccer since 2004. So Jeff and Duncan are going to hang out to watch the game. And Jeff has some reservations because it's Valentine's Day and he was going to do something with the group, but they're in a fight. So he is going to hang out with Duncan. I like Duncan when he learns about Jeff having plans with the group. His whip crack. crack. The way that he <laughs> shakes his whole head when he says it, like in the middle of a normal sentence. He's like, oh, well, yeah, like, oh, whip, 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 whip crap. <laughs> I'll see you at 630. John Oliver is so good on this show. He's just so funny. He is so funny. Grave Diggers, Biscuits is such a funny line. Okay, pats him on the, on the shoulder, walks away. And as Duncan walks away, it turns into a run, like excited, like, yes, as he <laughs> walks away, which is also really funny. Huzzah! They said on the commentary that when John Oliver is on set, they don't have to give him a single note. It, they just kind of have to be like, all right, man, go. Do your thing. Which is amazing. This episode would have been better with a little Dean. I don't think the Dean's anywhere to be found No, he's in this not. I kind of wish that the Dean had, like, if not shown up to the party, like, wanted to go to the party. Like, he'd, like, overheard and, like, tried to leave the dance or something like that and couldn't. Or at the very thing. least, an announcement about Valentine's Day over yeah. the study group in the beginning. Yeah, I have a hard but time. This was the before dean the dean you know. was always a guest star in the first two seasons, and then I think it's season three when he started being part of the regular cast. Mm. So he did kind of show up sporadically, but he's been around so much lately, and he's been broadening so much lately that his presence is felt. Yeah, his presence is missed when it's not around. We cut. To, <laughs> so after Jeff and Duncan have their little thing, we then pan over and Chang has been hiding behind a book upside down, mm-hmm. waiting for this to happen. He, he's been he's been spying, and now he knows that there's something going down at Jeff's house. Chang will learn later has no place to live, so he's just <laughs> trying to find someone that has a place he can sleep at, and this might finally be his chance. They've been having a pretty good run. Even Chang is pretty well spoken yeah. for in this episode. Uh, even Chang has had a good run in the last handful of weeks, and Chang is a character that they always. It's like, what do you do with him? He's so unbelievably weird that he, it's hard to come up with stuff for him. I bet. And, and like you said, they've done a good job really this week. Now we get something really classic. Pierce is really in a fog. You can see it. He's like strutting through the hallway you can see the pep in his step and he and he goes down to the water fountain where we see once again the pilot of the drone or whatever several weeks ago tiny man andy dick and andy dick is definitely a figure that i think we're not supposed to like i think he's a bad guy and he's done bad stuff yeah but this appearance is so bizarre and all the times he's inserted into it and his interactions with chevy are really really funny in this episode i think they are funny i have a hard time ever liking andy dick because like you said he's yeah 
I I do think though he can be funny. I I think to he's say funny in 2021 here. the last thing I would be interested in is a comedic moment between Andy Dick and Chevy Chase. Oh my god! But yeah, in this episode, in the context of Community, it, it works. He the, had a pretty the... funny uh, cameo on Love. Love is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, a pretty funny and somewhat honest mm-hmm. cameo in Love, where it was kind of about he played himself, and it was about that he's kind of a bad person. Yeah. But I then I remember that after that episode came out, then there was more news of people saying he'd sexually assaulted them. Or, for real, for real. I think, he, I think there are stories of him getting... Okay, so this... I'm pretty... Okay, do you know who Phil Hartman is? Yeah. He was a comedian on SNL. He was a voice on The Simpsons. He's, uh-huh. hi, I'm Troy McClure on yeah. The Simpsons. And he was murdered. Yes. Uh, he was shot and killed by his wife. Mm-hmm. who was a drug addict, and this happened after a relapse. He was shot and killed by his wife, and then his wife killed herself, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And the legend is that Andy Dick sold her the heroin, or whatever Shikes. it was that that made that all happen. Less than ideal. Phil Hartman is a really, really funny guy and had such a, a, a voice that stood out. He was also on news radio mm-hmm. uh, he died during that show so then they replaced his character on the show and it was kind of like lee when cory monteith died where they did an episode about the character dying but it was also the cast kind of reacting to this yeah. real life person who died so unexpectedly i don't know sad and andy dick might have been partially to blame damn but he's funny in this so episode on the show, let's talk about guy. it andy did you do it and i do believe that andy dick in real life is the tiny man you see when you take enough pills. I think He'll just he shows show up. up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let me get some pills. Yeah. And this episode, it show, they use him as a funny way to visualize kind of realistically maybe the, 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 the hold that taking these pills have on Pierce. Yeah, very and much. And they, they never lose the funny, but they're not really poking fun at addiction, I don't think, at all. No, I think they're showing how it can look when you're in it and unaware of how bad it's being. He's like, hey, look at this. I ain't hurting. Yeah. And the little guy says, you want to keep this going because the prescription's running out. We need to find a way to get more pills without the doctor finding out. Pierce is in a good mood. He hasn't really thought much about what's going to happen when the pills run out, but now he's on the train of, I need to get more of these pills. How do I get yeah. more of these pills? And it's sad. People walking past Pierce, noticing that he's talking to himself at the water fountain, uh, like eyeballing him. Yeah, not very Andy streets Dick's ahead. Tiny man. Dick. Yeah, I know. What does he say? Uh, well, if doctors know everything, why are there millions of them? Or it's if, true. Wouldn't you just need one? I don't think there are millions. <laughs> i don't think there are millions yeah, right. of doctors either probably that's a lot <laughs> pierce takes a pill that's very clearly a, a mint yeah and it turns into a b mine heart which is sad in a and a nice visual that also ties it into this being a valentine's episode it's really well thought out I yeah think. and pierce is just gone he takes another pill and then we cut from that that's sad mm-hmm. but like i said the show does it in a way that doesn't lose any of the funny, which is really important. Now we get a really cute scene where Abed and Troy proposition themselves to the woman for the first time. Do we get her name? Mariah. It's Mariah. Sorry, they just said it, didn't mm-hmm. they? They introduce themselves charmed, I'm sure, they say. And they're holding a briefcase. It, it's very, very formal. And very funny of her to say, you're the guys who keep staring at me and yelling out books 
the very same. <laughs> they explain that they're both interested in her, but they respect each other, so they want her to pick which one she would like to go to the dance with. They're very direct about it. The briefcase is totally something just to help make them look serious, I guess. Yeah. We, we soon will learn that it's filled with tacos, which is really funny. As most of my briefcases are as well. And it's a really cute moment. Uh, Mariah is a character that isn't very believable as a real person. She definitely feels like a plot device. But the way that she says, let's get something straight. This is the cutest thing that's ever happened to me. That's pretty adorable. I don't know either of you at all. It is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And something that's funny when she says, I need to get to know one of you, and Troy and Abed says, give us a minute. If you listen when they're whispering yeah. huddled away, they're talking about the tacos <laughs> yeah, in the briefcase. Absolutely. They say something like, uh, the tacos are going to get cold. I really yeah, want to eat, eat those yeah, tacos. Okay, we yeah. want to do the tacos. <laughs> then they turn back around. And they hadn't talked about it at all. The new proposal, <laughs> hang out with both of us and decide which of us you'd like to see again, which she's down for. I think it's cute, and I think, I don't know, this would never happen in real life, but... Speak for yourself, Zach. It's believable for Troy and Ovid. We could give it a try. With my significant other when you're in town in a couple days? Yeah! Give give a little chance to get to know us at the dance. Yeah, but then they're going to pick you, (laughs) and it'll it'll make our living (laughs) situation and and my entire way of life from the past But then they'll call you weird, and I'll storm out, and I'll embrace you. Okay. Imagine the love that we will make that night, Zach. You and I. Me and you? Yeah. Hmm. Right? I like the sound Worth of that. Worth it, right? So that's what they're going to do. They're all going to hang out, and she's going to decide which one she wants to be with. She asks what's in the briefcase, <laughs> and Troy explains tacos. Would you like one? And when she says no, I love the reactions from Troy and Abed because they stay just <laughs> as serious and business-driven as they say, great. We really wanted them. I love the hand yeah, motion and how, how Troy directs <laughs> with one of his hands. We're going to eat them. Very, very funny. It's a great moment. One of my favorite moments of the episode. Mm-hmm. Now we cut to Britta and Annie, and they're talking about uh, Britta's lesbian friend and how close they are. And Britta's even got the posture of someone who's on their high horse. And yeah. Who's like, oh, in the jean jacket that she's wearing totally just because she's become friends with a lesbian. <sighs> oh, Britta. And it's also, it is fitting of Annie to kind of be like a sleepover asking questions of like, would you change clothes in front of her? Like, what do you think of work? stuff like that? Because she's young and naive still. And and Britta just gives this really convoluted explanation of why Annie's curiosity that isn't homophobic is homophobic. <laughs> like, you know, like questions like that can make you seem a bit homophobic. It's homophobic to ask? Well, if you have to <laughs> if ask if it's to homophobic ask. to ask questions. Haven't you already answered your own question? And I feel like we both definitely knew people like this either in high school or in college that were very much like, like we talked about earlier, they were like the, I I like to think of them as as like fashion allies, right? It's like an accessory. Well, I think they always mean well, Mm -hmm. but you're right. And I don't think it's fair to say that you and I have never been at least able to be seen as that before. I think there have probably been situations where we've been the Brita. Really? Probably. I don't think I've ever been like, oh, not that's homophobic to, to ask something like that. But I don't know. Maybe not. Then maybe not for yourself. And I don't know if I've ever been like that. But I do think we probably, because we feel pretty confident in our in our afflictions. I'm sure mm-hmm. there have been times when we've made a statement that kind of makes us look like a head ass to everyone else. Probably. That's more what I'm going for. I yeah. Guess. 
Brittany says, don't know, not a homophobe. <laughs> There's a bit with that that happens later that I really, really like a lot. Mm-hmm. It might be coming up. Paige is walking up, so Britta is ending the conversation with Annie. I love how Britta's just manspreading and manspreading yeah. all of this. Should I ask her five questions about being a lesbian, or should I just treat her like a normal person? That's a question you can ask if you walk away to go hang out with her friend. And Paige has an Annie, too. And if you pay attention to them in the background of the scene before Britta walks up to yeah. Paige, they're kind of having a similar conversation like Absolutely. about Britta being a lesbian and, and the comfortability with that. Now, is Paige's Annie the same actress that played uh, the antagonist in Sky High? I don't know Sky High well enough to answer that uh, question confidently. Yeah. I know Sky High, but I don't know it well enough to answer that question confidently. Let me Are you IMDb looking it up? It. Mm-hmm. I am <laughs> D. Oh, my D. God. That's slow. Sky High. <laughs> Sorry, my jitterbug telephone only <laughs> goes so fast. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. I've got Vonage. <laughs> Oh, there we go. No. I'm thinking of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the villain in Sky High? No. She's Ramona Flowers. I mean, she's in Sky High. And she's also... That's not Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, really glad I, we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, I, I forgot that... Like, I... So they have a similar face shape. And the hair just a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And so I I knew that that wasn't Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but I forgot that Mary Elizabeth Winstead was the one in Sky High. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of it. Annie and Paige's Annie get to have a little conversation. They introduce each other, and they both feel like they have to say, I'm not a lesbian. Oh, I'm not either. <laughs> and this is when we get the the joke, the rug pull, that Paige isn't a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Paige is doing the exact same thing that Britta is doing and thinks that Britta's a lesbian and that she's cool and forward thinking for being friends with Britta, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is a little a little sitcommy trope, mm-hmm. like Three's Company in 2011 almost, but the show's able to tiptoe in a way around it that the joke is really how inept Britta is in her social justice warrior-ness. I don't think it's too silly or too stereotypical, right? No, and I think that considering in this episode they also have like a flip on the two dates to the same dance. You know, this time it is two dates to the same dance, but the two dates chose that. So (laughs) They're kind of doing a couple of turns on some sitcom tropes in a very community way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to watch the way that Paige and Britta both act around each other now that we know where they're both coming from. Yeah. The way that Paige is kind of awkward uh, and she's dressing in a way and and doing some of the manspreading type poses that Britta was doing. Mm -hmm. And Britta walks up to them to announce that Paige and Britta are going to the dance together. Guess what, Annie? Paige and I are going to the dance together. Hope I stay straight, right? Oh, sorry. My friend's a tad homophobic, so I was doing a bit. (laughs) They said uh, when they filmed this on set, Gillian, one of the times, said it like, they likened it to like a Scooby-Doo thing. She said, hope I stay straight or something like that. And they were really (laughs) mad that it didn't go in. (laughs) I really think that when, when they tell Gillian to like do something weird, 
She doesn't really know how to do it, which makes what she ends up doing even weirder. And it's, it's so really, good. really funny. I love the my friend's a tad homophobic. So that I was, was what I was gonna bit. say. The yeah, one that... that I really like from this, the Annie, <laughs> sorry, Brit is so far up her ass that she's making jokes that you probably shouldn't make around gay people. Yeah. Or, you know, like she makes kind of the hope I stay straight joke is like a Pierce kind of thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really funny. It, it's, it makes her just sound like an absolute fool. We cut to Duncan and Jeff really sadly watching a, uh, a game together. I'm so glad I'm not the type of person to want to hang out with buddies and, play, and watch a sports game because I bet it gets awkward sometimes. Um, I don't know. I enjoy it. Games last a long time, and for four hours tops of game, there are sure some really, really exciting moments that it's fun to be there with friends when it happens, but I'm sure there's a lot of time where you're like sitting around on well, the couch like this. It's not waiting fun for to watch to soccer with one other person. <laughs> okay. If it's fun something to watch like soccer in a bar, is more high action. Basketball's right? fun. Football's okay. Football like, fighting is fun. I never watched sports on TV. Football seems kind of long and drawn out and boring. Well, football and is like sporadic. They action. did the math one time. And, stopping. and in a football game, there's about like. 15 minutes of actual things happening and like three hours of talking and commercials. Jesus. It's, it's pretty embarrassingly bad. And yes, uh, we see that soccer is not very much fun to watch after the first half. And I love soccer, but no, super exciting. (laughs) Just like, yeah, zero, zero electrifying, (laughs) but that would be kind of exciting because soccer is so goals really have to be earned. Mm -hmm. So when they're earned, it's really exciting because if you if your team's good, you'll guard for an hour. You'll guard for a long yeah. time. And I think that would be maybe fun to – I don't know. I'm sure it's probably more fun to play than it is to watch. I'll say one really cool f- soccer watching experience I had was during the World Cup. It would have had to be 2018 because that's the last time they had something like that. Sure. Uh, sure. Being at a bar in Chicago during one of the games, like – a bar that had a lot of people from one of the countries that was playing. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. That was cool. Cause like that's the energy is cool. really high, but in terms of like watching in a house, I'd rather watch soccer alone than with one other person. Cause that's awkward. It's sweet in this scene. Jeff is just looking at his phone, which he always does, but it's different here. It's because he's waiting to be needed by the study group. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this episode does this type of storyline really sweet. And in a low key way, when in the future, it's really hammy. It's one of the first times we see that, Jeff needs the study group a lot more mm-hmm. than the study group need Jeff. And it's a point that they'll drive over and over and over again for all six seasons of this show mm-hmm. up to the very last episode. And they do it better sometimes than others. And I think here they do it really well because they don't yeah. dwell or put too much weight on it. Well, and, it, and they pose it almost like, you know, in shows or movies or even real life when like a guy has like a girlfriend that he's been with for a long time and he, and he needs goes out to, one to be of his told buddies. to put his phone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which you do sometimes. Like yeah, totally. Uh, especially when you're new in a relationship, it's really hard to break that cord, and I, I, it can be hard not to do it sometimes. Yeah, I'm constantly sending you messages on various platforms, just waiting for a response, and I never will. <laughs> Please stop. So you're saying there's me. a chance? <laughs> no, <laughs> never's got to come someday. Jeff puts his phone away. <laughs> Duncan calls him a big <laughs> slut. And then the I doorbell rings line. to really kick off the party. Someone's here. Jeff looks at the people. We get a really great fisheye lens shot of Chang waving in like a Where's Waldo <laughs> Chang costume. Chang so adorable. 
And there's also moments, maybe not at my house, but moments like this where, like, you're there with a friend, someone you don't want to be there shows up, and you have that moment of, like, oh, my God, they're here. What are we going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I guess we have to let them in. Right. It'll be like that on Monday when you show up. Like, oh, f- Steven actually just showed up. Uh, <laughs> God, uh... Yeah, it's I Chang. hope you let me in. Chang, why? <laughs> and Chang through the fisheye, I can hear you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> with like a giant smile on his face, just <laughs> hoping to be let in. He knows where they are and how they and it's he was spying on them earlier to figure out where they were going, but now we see that he also has Jeff's driver's license. So why was he spying on them? I think he probably heard they were getting together and then found a way to get the license afterwards so he'd have a reason, right? Or do you think that he's just been waiting? Uh, I think he's been waiting. I didn't pause and look at it, but apparently there's a big discrepancy on the license plate with the age. Maybe it makes Jeff sound a lot older or a lot younger than he actually is. Oh, that's funny. But there's a little fun fact. And then Chang sees the football game is on. Duncan says, come on, just let him in. He's got the right colors on, which I feel like is unintentional. Um, I think he knew what he was doing. He oh, knew you're right. You're right. He playing. planned and schemed. He yeah. knew exactly what he was doing. So now, would Chang dress like this recreationally? Absolutely. But. Well, it's not like sports clothing. <laughs> it's just the colors. Just the colors. So it looks like he bought stuff that was red and white just to come do this. And your mm-hmm. your laugh was very well earned because the very first thing Chang does, he hands up the ball that he's carrying into Jeff and says, check this out. Yeah. And takes out these nunchucks and breaks Jeff's lamp. And then they just all have an awkward, silent moment, and then we cut to commercial. It's my favorite moment of the episode, how and fast I, it happens, how unexpected it is, and how quickly it – yeah, it's, it's Well, so and funny. I love that he brings Mexican beer and a soccer ball too. Like what What are they going to do with a soccer ball? Are they going to kick it around outside during the game? Well, Chang's never been invited or hung out at I something know. like He's this like, before. He's like, these things just, are what you like, bring. Oh, it's a soccer game. Maybe we could kick the pigskin around. Yeah. <laughs> You know, knock back a couple of cervezas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back to after the commercial, I like how it's right back where we left off, still at Jeff's house. And Chang is sweeping up the glass from the lamp that he broke. And says, the thing I was going to show you guys was pretty cool. <laughs> Super funny. Because, you know, he probably was like, okay, let me try again. And Jeff was like, clean up my lamp. No. <laughs> All three of them sit on the couch together. They have the funny everything in England means vagina when, what, Jeff? Uh, Duncan says there's, Duncan there's room says on this there's couch room for, for three, three fannies. fannies. Uh, I want to give a second to shout out our sponsor for this episode. Okay. Aunt Fanny from the movie Robots. She is a constant I'm not turn- contributor. I'm not, turning, I'm not turning my key on this one. <laughs> I'd rather do the pedophile one we set up earlier. <laughs> You don't like Aunt Fanny from the movie Robots? I'm not saying I don't, but I don't see how she's a product that's sponsoring us this week. Oh, well, let me tell you, Zach. Are you tired of your gal having no ass? Well, call Aunt Fanny from Robots, and she will come personally install a giant metal ass on anyone you want. You, your dog, your mailman, Aunt Fanny from Robots. Come get a big old metal ass. Aunt Fanny from Robots. Will take money from anyone. <laughs> uh, Jeff and Chang, while they're sitting on the couch now, they kind of come to terms with what Chang broke. But Chang says, even though, like I said, weird place to put a <laughs> lamp. 
that that was the fault. There should be space inside the door for someone to nunchuck, and it's a weird well, place yeah. to put a lamp. I agree. Chang's going to order a pizza to make up for it, is what he, he, he makes it sound like. You know, pizza meaning Italian fannies over in mm-hmm. England. He's going to hook it up with a pizza, but not really. He doesn't have money for a pizza. Starburns owns him a pizza. So he takes Grandma Bell's landline and calls Starburns to invite him over, bring a pizza, and tell whoever you want. Chang is the worst kind of person. I hate that. Isn't he, though? Then we cut from Chang to Starburns at the Greendale party, and he now knows, okay, so this party sucks. There's a wing ding at Wingers, he says a couple times. I really like that. I do, too. Leonard's right next to him, like, okay, I'm down. Walks right past what's going on with the study group. So it... it helps keep the study group separate from each other, but they almost mm-hmm. show us visually why the study group isn't a part of it. Yeah. Troy and Abed are talking to, what's her name? I can't hold on to her name for anything. Maria. Mariah. Mariah. Or mm. Maria. Nobody solves a problem like Maria. Abed's trying to uh, win her over by telling her all of the exclusive movie channels that he has. HBO, Showtime, Stars, Stars Black. That's Stars such Black, a 2011 thing isn't it sounds expensive she says and then troy shows off some dance moves some really ridiculous silly classic donald glover dance moves really good as his presentation his <laughs> mating call to the lady he even like mimes slapping an ass i love that abed's just going go 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 the whole time so now supportive. we get to where Paige and Britta show up to the dance and i love how everything they do from here on out is as if them showing up to this dance together is the biggest deal, <laughs> the most groundbreaking uh, thing that's ever happened on Greendale campus. And I don't know, whether you're pretending to be gay or not, if you're in a situation where you're in a same-sex relationship and there aren't a lot around you like that, it, there is that little feeling of false superiority of like... Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. Everyone's talking about this. And nobody really And I cares. love it. Not a single person looks at them until they kiss. <laughs> something like that in this episode that I think is better off for having a female have written this episode. Because yes. it feels a little bit true to how they would actually feel in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. They walk in. No one cares. And they feel like everyone's staring. Not that I care. But of course they're staring never seen a straight girl and a lesbian so comfortable together <laughs> everyone's probably like oh look there's some lesbians at the party yeah who cares they're talking about us then they no, decided to defiantly hold hands to prove how cool they are and they walk out to the dance floor looking the whole time to see if anyone's giving them attention and no one really is other than their friends and the people mm-hmm. that they walk through to yeah. get to the dance floor while annie and other annie just walk and there's some so perfect bumping bumping and it's grinding. so funny awkward not really knowing how to dance with a girl and i bet some of it's real like with britta or gillian saying that she'd never kissed a girl before i'm sure the awkwardness of dancing like that probably came natural well yeah because they're probably if they're used to dancing with guys normally you know they're the girls is is in front of the guy and so she she rubs her her butt on him but they they're just rubbing each other's butts on each other because they're like this is my one move i don't know what to do from here Pierce has none of that worry of everyone staring and looking at him because he's just getting it on by himself <laughs> with a table. I love uh, that Pierce is there. Why? Dancing why with he? little Andy Dick. He's been wandering around the school all day. And when he's dancing, <laughs> this look that Chevy does right here, he truly looks lost. 
<laughs> and all of Andy's dance moves, his tiny Andy, are pretty yeah, funny. Pretty solid. Super solid. This is a great episode. Bite my banger, Duncan <laughs> says when the ref makes a call that he doesn't like back at Jeff's apartment. Now, Chang walks out, and I guess he just, like, wandered away, and everyone was like, okay, cool, Chang's keeping himself busy. But he clearly took a shower because his hair's all wet and slicked back. And, Jeff, something's up with your toothbrush, man. Oh. <laughs> he had to get cleaned up. The doorbell rings, and it's Starburns with the smallest pizza <laughs> Pizza time. Ever. Have you, did you see this when you watched it the was, episode? Yeah, How it's tiny so small. the pizza is. Like, it's that's like beyond microwave Lunchables pizza. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a party pizza. <laughs> Leonard has a lot of beer and a beer bong. Where are the white women at? No, <laughs> there are no white women here, Leonard. Which tells it's, me this is not the first threat. time that Leonard walked in somewhere looking for white women where there were none. Leonard's so funny. <laughs> Where are the white women at? Who does he think he is? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Jeff says it's not a party, but it is a party because Magnitude's here. Don't tell that to Magnitude. Who's Magnitude? Then, man, the man, the myth, the legend. We finally get him for the first time ever. What a momentous occasion. We've been waiting for it. It's so iconic, so integral to community it's just one of the hundreds of things that make greendale the special weird place that it is and community the special weird show that it is that we have a character a man who's just named magnitude who's just a one-man party (laughs) who'll show up yo 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 pop 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 i love magnitude so much you know, uh, and we kind of talked about last week with Dungeons and Dragons how community has really become community over the last handful of episodes where it just mm-hmm. fires on all cylinders. They know the cast and the characters so well, and so do we, so everything just works so well. But I don't think community truly became community until Magnitude said pop, pop. Pop, pop. That's what we're I remember saying. in high school saying pop, pop an annoying mm-hmm. amount of times. There's a pop, friend pop. In, who in my phone, their name is still pop, pop. That's great. And Magnitude is just this one-man party. Every time we see him throughout the episode, he never starts dancing and bouncing and keeping the spirit up. Steven, are you Magnitude kind of? I definitely was at a time in my life. I think college Steven was definitely Magnitude. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. You're not like that anymore. I've mellowed in my old age. Okay. Now I'm more like a... A light rumble, not quite a whole-on magnitude. Jeff's perplexed by all of this, but honestly, just hanging out with Duncan and Chang was lame. You would think he'd be like, okay, cool, now at least there's a party. Well, magnitude's there. Even though he didn't know magnitude, he does now. Pop, pop. Yeah, and he's a man that once you know him, you feel like you've known him your entire life, Mm -hmm. right? I named my first child magnitude. Pop, pop. We cut back to Choi and Abed and Mariah, Maria, and... (laughs) Ovid finishes, that is my anal- analysis of the Saw movie franchise. And it's funny that later it's referenced that he talked about it for two hours. Yeah. Just standing here at the dance describing each Saw movie to this woman. That's honestly probably what it's like when I started talking to Lil. Not with Saw, but... You're like, so Lil, have you ever watched Community? It was, we met, and the very first show I made Lil watch was The Good Place. And it very well, much was... as you should have. Yeah. And it was very much like us watching The Good Place, but me watching Lil making sure that they're watching The Good Place Like, correctly. are you paying attention? Because this comes back later. Explain to me finale. why that was extra funny. 
Explain to me that reference, why it was funny. Go. Do you get it? Do you get it? I'm going to tell you anyway after they've explained it exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Although, uh, for anyone watching this or listening to this or watching it for our YouTube viewers, um, if you have not seen The Good Place or if you started it and stopped before you finished season one, finish season one and watch season two and and you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. If you love community... They're not really similar, but you will you will absolutely have room in your heart for the good place if community has a room in your. And heart. I will find you and fork you up if you don't. That's a reference. Abed mentions that it's time for her to choose, and they both strike a pose. Abed looks so cute in his purple. He does look really cute, and I like the hand motion. He just puts his <laughs> hand straight out, like around his chest. And it's like a presentation. Like, a, like here you go. Maria asks Abed for punch, and this is where things go a direction that is kind of predictable, mm-hmm. but the way that the show handles all of this and the feelings involved is really nice. Well, and as uh, her as a character, I don't think she's necessarily a bad person at all, because I think no. she doesn't say anything bad net per se, but I like that she kind of didn't want to like make Abed feel bad. So she's kind of like, hey, Abed, can you get some punch? And then she yes. says, Troy, I think that was considerate. She says that Troy and Abed are really cute together, and Troy says thanks as if they're the couple, and yeah. she's saying, you guys are so cute together. And she talks about how it's awkward to have to make a choice, and Troy backs it up that, hey, we, uh, me and Abed agreed, we're totally comfortable with it. Troy kind of implying that she's about to pick Abed, like, so mm-hmm. I won't be, I'll be fine. And it's a little bit awkward, the delivery of, no, I choose you, Troy. It's yeah. a little silly. I think she should have just been more like, I think we should go to the dance. Instead mm-hmm. of, I choose you, Troy. Yeah. Or I think we should go on another date, not yeah, like, it's a big, like it's a big deal, right? Pokemon! And Troy is excited, but I guess, but it's clear immediately in his look that he didn't really care. He mostly just wanted to do this thing with Abed, and he probably yeah. kind of wanted Abed to get picked, right? I bet he did. Abed shows up with Punch, and Troy says right away, hey, she just chose me. And Abed is such a champion. He's the best guy ever. He's like, okay, great. Then you can have this punch, Troy, and I hope you have a good night. Yeah. And he doesn't seem bothered by it at all. Do you think? No, I don't think he was bothered in the least. Have a great night. And it seems honest. And he walks away, and then Mm -hmm. Troy and Mariah are left. Yeah. And this is where it gets... Well, first we see Pierce laughing to himself at the little tiny man on the table that he sees, and he tries to approach him cautiously. It's like, you go straight to hell! (laughs) Not the first time uh, Chevy Chase has yelled that to a woman who's probably a little too young for him to be yelling that at, I'm sure. Just the look of of rage in his face. Then Pierce kind of realizes it and says that he's sorry. He's been going through a lot of mood swings, and... Annie is nice. She says, we care about you. And Pierce really can't hear that the right way, and Annie leaves. Uh, They said that they cut out a little part of the scene where Pierce barks at her like a dog, and then she, (laughs) like, gets scared and walks away. That's funny. Then we get a really sad scene, even though it's still silly through the Andy Dick thing. Andy Dick says, I'm not sharing you with them, so before this goes further, you got to pick me or that group. And it's really, obviously, it's that this pill addiction that Pierce is blissfully unawarely comfortable in falling into yeah it's getting in the way of his relationships with people or his ability to have any type of relationship with anyone and it's time Mm. to pick which road he's going to go down and it's sad to see which road he decides and the image that this episode will go on to end on 
is pretty jarring for a show like this, and yeah. I like it. I do too. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Pierce has to make a decision. <laughs> and Andy Dick says, look at the lesbians, which is a perfect segue to <laughs> and, uh, Britta and Paige are a little bit more comfortably grinding on each other, but they're both making it a lot more about themselves and the person that they're dancing mm-hmm. with. Britta's rubbing up on herself suggestively, and Paige is kind of too. Pierce comes out of his haze, but not really <laughs> to point and say, lesbians, screw <laughs> you, they both say. And then there's a really awkward buildup where they they are, they are fall into kissing each other off of that, where they're just both feeling a lot of emotions. They're feeling really superior. They're mm-hmm. feeling like they're the talk of the town. So they 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 fall into a, a, a kiss with each other. And obviously, on a network sitcom, two attractive girls kissing each other is something that is done and is played up to be hot. And maybe this is a little bit. But what makes it really funny and different is how not into it either of them yeah, are. Yeah, it's very like they're awkward. doing it and they're going for it, but their eyes are wide open the whole time, still just darting around to see if anyone else is looking at them or caring about what they're doing. <laughs> Pierce's face is so bad. <laughs> he, his smile... As but like, he's probably it, not even noticing it. He's no. just in his haze. And Annie and the other friend are like horrified that their two straight friends are doing Taking this. Taking it this... And this is when it breaks. They say to each other while they're kissing. And, you know, a lot of times my best relationship, uh, my best conversations with Steven come as we're locking lips. Uh, we're, they, we recorded our first few weeks of the podcast like this. In between so. lip locks. That's why yeah. they sound a little <laughs> choppy. <laughs> I had to cut out as much of the slobber as I could. They mm-hmm. both say to each other as they're kissing that neither of them have done this before, and they're both obviously surprised to hear that. And it totally puts everything that's happened between the two of them in a different perspective. And meanwhile, we go back to Troy and Maria, Mariah, and this is when she doesn't say anything that makes her a bad person. No. But she says some stuff that is a little heartbreaking. Yeah. That she thinks Abed is weird and doesn't go as far as saying it, but sees Abed as maybe someone who has a disability that Troy kind of takes care of. Well, and what she says is she said, I would love to be his friend, but... But romantically, he's somewhere... He's different. Yeah. And Troy... Because all he really ever cared about was him and Abed in this whole situation. Exactly. You see the look on his face, and once he hears something like that, Maybe he could have dated this girl even past this, but when he hears something like that from someone about his friend who he cares about more than anything in the world, then it shatters. Then he can't be cool with that person. Yeah, which shows how great Troy is. And I love him storming out of the cut directly. I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. her. (laughs) And I love even more than that when Abed notices that he's storming out. Uh, he Abed asks what happened. And when Troy says she called you weird, Abed isn't phased at all. He just says, I am weird. Yeah. And I love Abed's mentality and how comfortable he is in himself and that it's never a struggle of him like feeling down on himself really for how he can't fit in with totally. others. Maybe a little bit sometimes they hit on it, but they have so much respect for Abed as a character and Abed has so much respect for himself mm-hmm. that's really good to see. And I'm sure for a lot of people that feel like Abed does or feel mm-hmm. down on themselves because they're the way Abed kind of is, I'm sure it's really great to see a character like this on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Well said. <laughs> but Troy thinks she's weirder because she talks about Nicholas Nickleby. Do you know what Nicholas Nickleby is or who that is? Is that an author? I'm going to give it a very Is quick that Nicholas Google. Sparks? And I like the Abed even there. She, uh, Troy says she wouldn't shut up about it. And Abed's like, I know. I know. <laughs> Let me find it. 
Yeah, I love how even like Abed wasn't like sitting oh, out there sulking. He was just chilling. It's a book or a, a serial written by Charles, Charles Dickens. Dickens. Did you look it up too? No, I just remembered after you said it was a book. She wouldn't shut up about it. I know. <laughs> what a weird thing to talk about. And I like choice. There's someone out there for us as if it's going to be the same person. Well, what, it's got to be. <laughs> they have a true Palantines moment. And really, from this moment on, the episode transitions into something sweeter than I thought the setup would have led to. Yeah. All of I a sudden, agree. it started hitting me in the heart a little bit. Not quite making me emotional, but it did start hitting me in the heart a little bit more than I expected to when I turned on the Troy and Abed have to uh, date to the same dance and, mm-hmm. and Britta's a lesbian episode, right? It, yeah. It, it's very, very sweet. Well, because just knowing like the setup for it, you would think, okay, this is going to be a... Easy jokes, okay. easy setup, yeah. easy ending. And it is, but it works really well. They have a really nice hug, and it's awkward as their date walks by seeing that, you know, they probably just wanted to end up with each other anyway. <laughs> Ignore her. And this one gives some weight to the people that think that there's a sexual it's edge true. between Troy and Abed because I don't think that's what it is. I think their their relationship is so innocent. And maybe you can take that innocence into a romantic innocence but i don't i don't think that's what it is but i, I this really episode close friends. this episode gives some weight to it mm-hmm. back at the party magnitude. magnitude is still working he's really keeping the dance floor going jeff says i've never heard of magnitude before today but he was a one-man party duncan is always dunking on the study group and how Jeff would be cool if he spent less time with them. But Jeff is bored with these people. He wants to be hanging out with his people. He, they, they exchange beers. Jeff thought Duncan had stopped drinking. <laughs> Duncan, false alarm on that one. <laughs> now, if you look closely, Zach, this is where even as a non-pop, pop, 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 even as a non-sports fan, you'll see the back of Duncan's jacket says Liverpool, Liverpool Football, Football Club. Club. Okay, now back to the dance. <laughs> Britta and Paige are, like, mad at each other, but they're still sitting next to each other, and they have a little conversation about what just happened on the dance floor. They kind of... Britta then gets to see what she was doing through Paige. It's like, why didn't you just ask me? I'm not a homophobe. I don't care about people's preferences, but they were making assumptions about other yeah. people's preferences based off of how they appeared, which is the same thing. They both are able to realize... You were just hanging out with me because you thought I was gay. You were just hanging out with me because you thought I was gay. Oh. (laughs) And it's awkward. I never thought you were cool. I only thought you were a lesbian. She walks away. Britta feels kind of shitty about herself. And then Annie comes to comfort her to be the real friend, the one that she needs. (laughs) And there's this really, really awkward turn on the... I don't know where... Britta says Paige is straight to her as if she just, like, got dumped by a cute boy or something like that. Yeah. And Annie's like the mom in the situation, really? Yeah. Well, when she was gay, I thought it was really cool of you to make out with her, making <laughs> Britta feel superior again and good for herself. They hug, and then there's a little moment where someone says, kiss her. They're like, oh, God, so gross. And then they almost get lost in the same moment that Britta and Paige <laughs> Annie was so kiss. ready to do it. They said that that was improvised. That wasn't in the script. It just happened. Really? Yeah. Nice. And I like Annie's little shake her head like, oh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Annie just wants to kiss everybody. She's it's making true. her way through the study group. Come on the show, Allison. Let's talk about it. Make your way through the study group. Yes. Please. Back at the party, still raging strong. Jeff's still not feeling it. 
Chang is using Jeff's dishwasher and sink to clean up all of his stuff. Well, and I think... And he's wearing Jeff's underwear. What? I think Chang was, like, doing the dishes so that Jeff wouldn't do... Like, wouldn't open the dishwasher, right? Oh, he sure. He's like, let me wash right, these. He opens it up and sees all of Chang's stuff being washed in the dishwasher. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. And here we learn the quite obvious Chang is homeless, and it's nice to finally get some type of mention of what happened with Chang's wife after that yeah. episode in season one, but it does feel too little too late. She kicked him out for good after the, the Shirley stuff going on, which makes sense, but I'm surprised she lasted that long. Mm-hmm. My whole life is in this dishwasher, he says, and it's really <laughs> sad and really depressing. Some of it's soaking in Jeff's bathtub. And Jeff doesn't know what to do. He just It's kind of like no matter what he does – people come up to him that like need him to take care of them but it's also a little bit because jeff wants to be that guy for people even if he puts off that he doesn't absolutely he does he like puts himself in these positions mm-hmm. where he you know acts like the cool guy who's got it all together but then when someone's like hey you're cool and got it together help me out he's like ooh gross yeah and chang is like oh i'm so drunk and sleepy i should just Start sleeping here, and maybe I'll look for a place in the morning. He put his <laughs> sleeping bag in the oven to make it a little warm, which, man, not the worst idea. No, that sounds really Probably nice. Probably a terrible idea, but not the worst idea. Yeah. And so Chang orchestrated this entire party so he could weasel his way into staying, and Chang's gotten caught on it. <laughs> and also he left hermit crabs in, in Jeff's sink, which Duncan comes to point out. And Chang's pitiful you'll fall in love with them named one of them jeff of course because you know it's a great name for a hermit crab yeah chang isn't and chang's thinking way farther he's not just staying for the night he says i'm just gonna stay for one month three tops i mean how long is our lease (laughs) it's also a funny line yeah and jeff kicks him out naturally i see why he would he throws him out like he's jazz on fresh prince of bel-air was that his name yeah dj jazzy jeff well, I know it was Jazzy Jeff, but I couldn't remember for sure if it was th- what his name was in the show. Ah. He he tosses Chang his bag Will of hermit Smith. crabs, and Chang's, way to go, idiots. That was really <laughs> funny. Crabs, really funny. Some good Chang stuff. This episode is pretty killer. Yeah. Like, as far as, along with uh, Celebrity Pharmacology, another episode that works really well is just the goings-on of the school. Mm-hmm. They're kind of season one-ish episodes, but better. I think. I yeah, think I agree. Are... I think it's a higher like quality than most of season one. Yeah. The party's starting to die down. Jeff's cleaning up. Well, I guess it's not dying down. He's just kicking everyone out. And as soon as he unplugs the juke, unplugs. As <laughs> soon as he unplugs the jukebox, he everyone get out of here. And these are the names that Jeff lists pop, pop. that end up being some of the names that they almost name magnitude. And I like the way Jeff Swizzle. unenthusiastically is like by magnitude, pop pop. Swizzle, Scandalous, C-Dubs, Tim, Tim. Mighty D, Glisten. (laughs) Duncan's still here, too. He's probably going to stay. He tries to make it seem like he did something for Jeff, even though he never did. (laughs) And Jeff did kind of have fun until Chang (laughs) tried to move in. And he says what I just said. Broken people flock to him. People mistake him for the Statue of Liberty is his height. That's funny. And Duncan kind of throws a truth bomb at Jeff that even though you act like you hate it, you like Greendale, you're a part of it, and you won't admit it. Yeah. And he, Duncan also gives away how cripplingly lonely he is, which definitely <laughs> comes across. 
And Jeff here, he says, okay, fine, you're lonely. Look what happens when six people are obsessed with you all the time. Listen to all these messages that they left, and they didn't leave a single one. They didn't care. He needs them more than they need him mm-hmm. in this situation. They all had stuff going on. And Jeff's really surprised that they made it a whole night without falling apart and getting to him. But that's not the drive of the episode, which other episodes do, and I think it works a lot better here. And I'm I really agree. glad that they did it in this way, that now there's going to be a sweet little ending that ties this back into the storyline. But it wasn't really the storyline of the episode. No, it wasn't, which I which I like. I, it's a thing that they were in a fight and they were separate places, but it wasn't like constantly They're going to see each other down. tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Duncan, while you've got your phone on, can you call a cab and pay for it? I'm just going <laughs> to go outside and wait for my cab. Jeff says they must be in trouble, and Duncan's line, oh, what a relief that would be. It is brutal. Yeah. Communities was right. Brutal. And Jeff's sad that his friends didn't get a hold of him or that they didn't miss him or apologize. And Duncan says, you can call me a cab. I'll be waiting for it here, but it's bed. And he goes to sleep. And he's going to be stuck there, too. (laughs) A special nap. What makes it special? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. I think every nap is a special nap. I agree. Jeff walks out to throw some trash, opens the trash chute, and when he puts his bag in it, there's a noise that reveals that (laughs) Chang is in there. He just goes to whatever vent he can access to sleep in. Jeff looks, and then we cut back to his apartment and see that Jeff's picked up Chang like a baby and brings him in a place to sleep. This, I think this is a really good Jeff episode because... He drags his feet through the whole party, and it's kind of shitty that people burst into his apartment, and and he didn't really have a say in it. But then he kind of needed it to have fun outside of the study group. And then he's sweet here in the end and takes care of Chang when he was very much right to throw Chang out. Oh, 100%. As much as he says he doesn't, Jeff does have a heart, and he can't let Chang just sleep in a trash compactor. Yeah, you love to see it. It is really nice. Sleepy Chang. And Chang wasn't even asleep. He was pretending like all toddlers that want to be carried to bed by their parents do. Mm-hmm. He just says, thanks, bro. I'll be gone in the morning. Whatever. Okay. Maybe I'll stay a while. I really <laughs> like that. And as he walks away, Chang kind of asks for some water. And Jeff's, don't push it. I guess that was improvised too, which is Oh, funny. really? That's funny. And then we get a really, really sweet capper to the episode. It's a little cheesy that Jeff typed all of this and sent it to the group, but I was willing to take that step to see what Jeff was saying to them, what the subtext is. It worked pretty well for me that Jeff is kind of realizing he needs them more than they need him. Totally. And he should tell them that. He should show them that they're important to him. And it's it's a Jeff speech through text, which is a cool way to see it. We get to see all the study group kind of read it together and react well to it together. And he says some things that they needed to hear after they fought and after the day that they've had. And it ends with the first time Jeff has come close to anything like this. And he goes all out there yeah. and says it on text that he loves them, which is a really nice moment. And it works in a lot of ways because I don't think he would say it in person. And I think we've been in situations where maybe we're a little tipsy and we're thinking about how much our friends mean to us and how they're not there right now. And we text them mm-hmm. that we love them and all the reasons why it's yeah. a nice moment. And this episode shockingly brings a lot more humanity to Jeff, even though they've done it plenty throughout it the really season. Does. It, it makes me feel a lot better about old boy. Yeah. I think Jeff overall's had a great season and I think mm-hmm. this is him, you know, just growing even more and opening up and not being afraid to, to share his heart. And Jeff definitely has some moments where he reverts in the series. I think that happens a lot in season three. But overall, this is Jeff throughout the series. He's got a big heart, even though he's so sarcastic and and acts like he doesn't care about anyone. He does. 
And the text that's being read out, uh, it, it ends with an, uh, addressing Pierce and Pierce's problem and says, Pierce, take it from me. These people love you and they're really close to you, but you got to let them in or else yeah. who knows what will happen as we pan out and see Pierce passed out on a park bench with his phone on the ground, with his pills on the ground. As Jeff says before, it's too late and happy Valentine's Day. And man, do I love that this episode ends with it makes me, you feel real sweet both for Troy and Abed's love for each other and Jeff's love for the study group. But then it ends with something really upsetting, like genuinely yeah. upsetting, like a, a something out of a drama show almost that, that works really well for the ending of this episode. Do you right? think so? No, I think so, too. It's a passed out old man who's addicted to pain pills, you know, and he's alone and out there in the cold and the image is given the weight that it deserves yeah good job yeah let's talk about the end tag it's a really funny one we've talked about it a little bit yeah Yeah, the abed is pretending like he can taste the conversation hearts and know what they're saying or sometimes (laughs) even feel them and have a feel for it and it's because he can see underneath the the blindfolds he's cheating we've all done something like that before Mm -hmm. i used to always cheat for heads up seven up i'd put my head I'd put my head down, but I could see the shoes. Oh, so you were a shoes guy. I was. I put my head down, and you could tell the colors on the shoes, so you could know who picked you if they put your thumb down. Nice. Well, how how did you cheat? Um, put the. Arms you just like looked this. at the face. So you were just an asshole. Yeah. You weren't even really that subtle. No. <laughs> and Abbott's <laughs> cheating and blowing Choi's mind. Choi thinks they can make funny. What Choi thinks they could make money off of this, and Abed at the last one now he feels bad and he just holds it and says, "I've been cheating." Choi thinks that's his guess for it and says, "No, it's email me," and then it ends. <laughs> I really like that the end tag is a funny joke, but a worse show would explain the joke. Yeah, they don't explain it any further. It's not like Choi figures out what actually happened and that Abed was cheating. It just ends, and I really, really like that. Yeah, I like really that. Funny. And that's the end of the episode. Let's waste no haste. Who is your MVP this week? Okay, this week my MVP is Troy. I think he great. does a great job, and I think that and all of the emails agree with you. Yeah, I uh, going with the people's champ this week. Um, I love that I've gotten to give Troy MVP so much lately because he is my favorite character, and I think he's well deserved at this one. I mean, if we were the type of show that gave double MVPs, he and Abed would get it together. But I think that the fact that Troy walks out on a date with a pretty gal and you know i'm a sucker for for a redhead librarian with glasses um (laughs) i uh that's why you liked me when we first met exactly um (laughs) you know props to troy i mean abba has a great episode jeff has a great episode but it's troy for me this week great i wanted to go there but i think through talking about it and i hate how much i've been giving jeff so much credit lately but I think I talked myself into giving it to Jeff because wow. he's so sweet in this episode. I really like what they – I said so many times how I really like how casually they tell the story of yeah. how he needs the group. And even his, his text speech at the end, which could have been cheesy, mm-hmm. walked the line just perfectly for me to make it feel sweet. Obviously, Troy, Abed, and they and, and Britta get some uh, honorable mentions. Yeah. But, yeah, I got to give it to Jeff. I have really gone from – often being critical of what they do with Jeff's character in season totally. one to him becoming probably in my top four or five characters on the show right now. That's good. Glad and that's it for the week. Yeah. I think every time I think a little bit more about this episode, 
I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed this I episode. Really enjoyed I enjoyed this talking one. about it. It had a lot of really funny bits that I remembered but didn't exactly attribute to this episode. It was a real treat. A real Palantine's treat. Aw, buddy. And a Palantine's treat will be a few days from now when I get to see you. I know. I'm so excited to see you, man. It's, it's going to be, be a blast. Fun. Yeah. I'll be at yeah. your door with nothing on but a blindfold and a handful of, of, of Valentine's Of course, candies. we'll record the entirety of it for the Patreon. I'm not going to be around with you if it's not for the brand. I'm not going to. We're not. Well, if on. we can't capitalize on it, there's no point. I have right. to recoup my, my right. travel expenses. Well, I think we did the show. Uh, everyone, if you like what we do here and you want to help us do better, support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. $5 gets you all the stuff that we do over there. $10 and up gets you all kinds of ways to influence our show, to be listed out on the show, and to hang out with us. Mm-hmm. We'd really like it if you joined us, and there's a lot of content worth checking out. Yeah. It? Thanks, to everyone who does support us on Patreon right now. You are helping our, our wheels stay greased. And yes. our tires be full of air. I'm so greasy for you guys. I am like a greased up pig at the scratch. fair. If you can catch me, you'll win a ribbon. Next week, we're talking another season two standout episode. It's intermediate documentary filmmaking. I'm excited Pierce's for in this the hospital, one. and they're making a documentary about it. It's yeah. going to be really fun. And, oh my God, do you know what? what? Do you know why next week's episode is a very exciting one for us to cover? Why? Is it our... It is the episode that bore the namesake of our podcast. Really? You can't disappoint a picture. We'll be diving into all of that next week. Already? On the show. Yeah, and please become a part of it by emailing in your trivia questions, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moment to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. We love doing this show and we love that you guys are a part of it. So I can't wait. In. Where can people find us on the uh, World Wide Web or Net? Okay, well, they can find us at Twitter at You Can't Disappod, find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, or email us at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on yes. Facebook and YouTube. Just search the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, and you'll find us. Well, this was great. It was fun. I had fun talking to you. It'll be fun to talk to you again, and then in a week, we'll do this again. I know. I'm going to be really sick. Another year until we see bye. each other. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye Thursday next week. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And always remember that everything in England means vagina. Fanny Fanny. Tallywhack. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week. It's been great. Goodbye. Take care. Be safe. Bye. Bye.